0: Welcome to Beyond The Resumes, a career and professional development platform designed for you, the modern global professional. My name is Jerry Wan, and I invite you to join me every day as we learn from leaders from various industries representing the entire world. They'll share with us both their worst and best advice and a book that inspires them daily. Be sure to join our newsletter at beyondtheresumes.com, follow us on social media at Beyond The Resumes, And share this with a friend classmate or colleague thank you so much for tuning in and here now is today's guest hey everybody welcome back to beyond the resumes it is january 9th this is the first time actually calling out the date of our release because we actually know when we're going to release talon's episode happy new year everybody and hope you're staying safe and so excited to share this conversation with talon kim who is foremost, a badass Asian American woman and a Korean American woman. She is one half, better half, not better half, I don't know, we'll let them decide, (laughs) of one of the most impactful podcasts that I have listened to, which is Bamboo and Glass, focused on sharing Asian American stories of women breaking both the ceilings that many have put us in and um, expect us to stay under, unfortunately. And so really excited to hear a little bit about that. Currently, she is getting her Master's of Fine Arts at the University of Southern California, my alma mater of undergrad level, and getting um, her her, uh, film and TV production degree there. So really excited to welcome my friend Dawn Kim to the show. Hi, Don.
1: Hi, Jerry. It's so good to see you. Happy New Year again. Um, I hope you've been staying safe and well.
0: We are staying home. Yes. Everybody should stay home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Please read the news. See how bad it is. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you may be, stay home listen to our mm-hmm. voices, go on the internet go join a cl- clubhouse conversation but please stay home mm-hmm. so down you you host a show along with your friend Sophia um, great mm-hmm. show, great content, great guests. A lot of the topics that you guys talk about are obviously you know for and by Asian American women um, in the corporate space in other spaces entrepreneurship and nonprofit included but it is a lot about storytelling and advice sharing mm-hmm. and, and so we, we know that that's a big passion of yours. Mm-hmm. but what I want to know is is not just based on your experience on bamboo and glass, What has been the absolute worst piece of advice you've ever received? Why was it so bad? And when did you realize you don't believe in that?
1: Mm -hmm. That is such a good question, Jerry. Uh, And so, first of all, I'm so excited to be talking with you on this topic because uh, something that is... Pretty recent of a change is that I did start my film prog- film MFA program, but uh, before that, I was actually a software engineer. Right. So I was working in the corporate world for a few years and did internships there and definitely got a lot of varied experiences while I was there. And I would say the worst advice that I got during that time of my life was to stay on my team even if it's unhealthy or toxic or if I'm unhappy, uh, stay on it until I get promoted. Then you can go do whatever you want after you get promoted. Like You can leave the team if you want, but just at least stay until you get promoted. And this was kind of the rhetoric that got... I felt like it got shoved down my throat the first day of orientation of focus. There was so much focus on promotion and making yourself marketable for promotion. And I think that is great um, because it's... it up levels, um, transparency of how the process works in order to get promoted if that is something that you are prioritizing. But for me, that was pretty overwhelming because I had just started. I was just there wanting to learn, wanting to meet the people on my team. And once I learned that this team was not the healthiest environment for me, I really didn't know where else to look because not only was I receiving this advice but I was also seeing a lot of examples of folks around me who were not happy on their teams but choosing to stay because they didn't know where else what else to do and they really wanted that promotion and i think i think happiness is sometimes seen as really flippant and almost like a bonus to your work but i really challenged that for myself because If this is something that I'm spending at least 40 hours working on, and these are the people I'm working with for over 40 hours in a week, I want to be happy for those 40 plus hours. And so it got to the point where I decided to take the leap of faith and leave my team. Even if I didn't get promoted, it ended up being one of the best decisions for like my mental health. And I actually saw a lot of my peers and my mentors make the change after I did. And so that was very cool to witness how, even though I was more junior than them, um, they noticed how I took up the courage to make the changes that felt right for me. And they thought about what felt right for them. I do wanna acknowledge too that I do have like a lot of privilege of like being an only child. Um, I have parents who have been able to financially support themselves and not expect me to make huge financial contributions. And so it's allowed me to be able to focus on my happiness and I've learned that that's okay and that's something that I really want to celebrate and stay true for myself. So
0: That's awesome. I you, you what you share about is a rival fallacy which is one more degree, one more job, one more promotion, more money, right zip code, right country club membership. Whatever mm-hmm. will somehow magically make all of the crap disappear. No, you're mm-hmm. still going to be miserable, but you'll have a better job title. You're still going to be sad mm-hmm. and feel unwelcome, but you'll have more money in the bank. It doesn't change the root of what is yeah. the problem, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, completely changing the paradigm of what you want to do or under what context, whether it's employment or entrepreneurship or, you know, in, in a different field. I think, you know, people try to solve for the equation without asking themselves, am I even. Re- Looking at the right equation to begin with, so mm-hmm. glad you figured that out relatively early in your in your journey because it's all up and up and up from here, which is really really exciting.
1: Yes, fingers crossed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Finger, well, it's all it's all up. We got through twenty twenty, and although we still mm-hmm. have to do a lot to to make sure that we can get out of this, uh, we're, we're headed in the right direction. So mm-hmm. let, let's focus on the positive. Uh, best advice you've ever gotten, Todd.
1: Tal- yes, so. Uh, it's pretty short and sweet. It's that you are interviewing the company, school, or team just as much as they are interviewing you. Uh, And so I would say this is the best advice because I think most advice I was given beforehand was all about how to impress and how to be impressive. And you actually might get similar advice like that when you, for example, go on a first date, like you want to look impressive, look put together for this person that you're meeting for the first time. But I find that for most folks, like once you get past like the beginning jitters and you start to humanize the date or the company or the team, you actually realize that you have a lot of questions. Like you have a lot of things that you're curious about that you didn't get a chance to ask about in the interview, uh, because maybe you were so focused on how you appeared to the other people uh, on the other side. And so I would really encourage anyone out there to Go and think about what you are looking for. Like, What are your priorities for the school, the company, or the team that you're joining? And don't be afraid to ask those questions because I think I find a lot of value in, and learn a lot about a person based on the questions that they are asking me because that shows me what their priorities are as well. Uh, and so that's kind of the approach I've taken ever since... My internships, honestly, because I have had not great internships and I got very clear on what are things I didn't want to repeat in my next summer or my next uh, role. but th- And what are things I would like to change and really make sure I got this time around. And so that's been very helpful for me.
0: Ah, that's so, so good. <laughs> Stop. Because we, we've all been raised, right? Uh, we, we've all been raised to wait for permission, wait to speak, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's all, we, we've been trained through our culture, through our society, through our families, through institutional education and corporate life, to be always at the mercy of mm-hmm. the powerful, mercy mm-hmm. of the person with the great, the power of the grades, the power of employment, the power of anything.
1: Yeah, and so absolutely,
0: we were always also taught to be so grateful for everything that we have. Particularly, mm-hmm. you and I both being, you know, uh, immigrants or children of immigrants ourselves here in this country, where how dare you ask for more when they've given you so much and it's oh, so yeah. deep it's so deep and this whole just be grateful that you have a job like we heard that mm-hmm. a lot in 2020 no if you're in a shitty situation please leave please go find somewhere where it's healthier for you mm-hmm. because at what cost right so everybody again we we recognize our privilege we recognize the situations that we're in but you know don't let the fear of losing the thing keep you from pursuing something else that actually might
1: mm-hmm. from exploring mm-hmm. correct
0: and, and actually that might be even make you more money right like mm-hmm. you don't know that and so mm-hmm. so so beautiful um let, let's take it everything that you've you've learned from other people everything that you've learned from your podcast guests and just your low in life experience working um studying at very good very amazing institutions working at amazing places and now going back to study what is the one piece of advice or wisdom that you'd like to share out with the next generation
1: yeah, I would really love to encourage folks to take up the agency to create their own timelines and don't worry about the timelines that others try to impose on you. This was something I really struggled with um, as I was realizing that maybe software engineering wasn't the role I wanted to be in. Maybe I wanted to go to on the other complete end of the spectrum and become a filmmaker. And I just kept thinking, Maybe I should stay for like five years, like in tech to just see, like reap the benefits of it, learn as much as I can, and then go into it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to be there anymore and I wanted to do something else and I knew that. So why deny myself that opportunity? And I think. Honestly, like I have a lot of people who now reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Instagram asking me about this career change because that's something that they're thinking about even though they're only like a year or two out of school and they want to understand what went into that. And I think that really goes back to go like finding the timeline that works for you and believing in yourself because you like the fact that you're able to imagine a different future, a different career for yourself that better serves you is already such a huge acknowledgement that I want to give you all. And so go ahead, um, take charge, make the timeline, and hopefully you're surrounded by people who will support you along the way.
0: So, I'll say it like this and pay attention to what I'm saying, but please, please, please stop shooting on yourself, people. Do not live at the mercy of other people's expectations and their shoulds. Do what you want at the risk of upsetting the person who raised you, the person mm-hmm. who puts a roof over your head, or the person who puts money in your account. I really want to encourage, uh, and then and, you know, piggyback off of what Tan said, and just focus on what you want. And if you don't know what that is, that's fine. Um, Let's listen, listen to shows like ours, talk to people like Tan, listen to her show, um, and then Sophia's show, and then just explore, because um, mm-hmm. that's what life is all about. And so don't be stuck in a position where you're not thriving and you're not feeling like yourself because there is a place for you in this world. Um, Talent. what is a book that has really shaped the way you view the world?
1: Yeah, so the book I would love to share with folks is Jen Sincero's book called You're a Badass at Making Money. And I think with this, I think this title honestly makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Like the topic of money is a very uncomfortable subject. And it was something that I didn't really know how to approach money brings up a lot of feelings of shame and guilt for me and honestly a lot of ignorance. Like I don't want to touch money a lot of the time. And this book really allowed me to change my mindset around money and to view it more as energy, as a tool, rather than as something that is inherently bad or good. And Sincero is also a huge believer in this book that you have to spend money in order to make money. And I think this is um, a part of abundance mindset. And I would have to say that in 2020, I've actually made some big quote-unquote purchases, but these have been purchases to invest in myself. Um, I have invested in like bettering my mental health, my emotional health, um, and changing my mindset. And these have changed my approach to, I I don't want to sound cheesy, but to life. And it's really allowed me to see abundance in a lot of new areas. And for me to see that money has the ability to flow in easily, um, if I am open to it. And if I, as long, because I'm always going to work hard because I've been taught to work hard, but how can I reframe my relationship with money so that it is, it, that it I see it possible to come in with ease and to flow in. And that's been pretty life-changing and still something that I'm working really hard on, but I hope that this is a new perspective that, uh, you can add to your collection of books. Uh, I, know, I saw some of the recommendations. They look awesome. And I would really, um, I hope that this is helpful in any way to listeners out there.
0: Kathleen Wong, Dr. Kathleen, who is coming on the show at some point soon, she messaged me the other day and goes, how do you want me to read a book a day? They're all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know it's hard, um, but pick yeah. a few that resonates with you. And, and I agree with you. Um, uh, you have to be willing to be okay with money. Money's not bad right? Mm-hmm. Being fearful of money, actually being fearful of making money and, and charging what your actual value is, is actually the root of a lot of our, you know, the, the things that are, are blocks for us, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it is not negotiating your salary or whether it is giving too freely of your own time and energy, of your own expertise and your own zones of genius, because we were always taught to give um, at the intersection of our cultural, perhaps our religious, but also societal expectations to always be of service. You can both... Be of service and charge what you're worth. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do. I struggle with it, but you have to do it because once you, you'll be shocked at the things that will happen in your life. Once you respect your own value and put Mm -hmm. a fence around it and guard your time, guard your energy, guard your knowledge, guard your experience and amazing things may happen. It may not happen, but you have to do that to give yourself a chance to even swing the bat at that because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're always going to give you're not going to be able to say no and you know if you're always about saving and you know there's the stereotypes of cash in the mattress and don't trust the system and all these other things where always saving for a rainy day but why not spend on a sunny day right why not go enjoy Mm -hmm. it and see where that takes you right um so i i appreciate you You, you've been a, a joy to get to know the last uh i think almost a year since yeah. uh th- you know our, our podcast journeys have uh, uh cross paths and mm-hmm. i know we're doing this one we were recording in january so we're fresh news it may sound a little bit different but you picked up some awards from the asian podcast awards a couple of weeks ago so congratulations on that thank you do do what you do and i think doing not do what you do through your podcast but also live your life in a way that it just living and just being you inspires people which i think is going to be so critically important to show young korean and asian american women out there that one you can do the academic thing go to best school study computer science right like keep up with the people that don't think you belong there and then say Mm -hmm. you know what check the boxes now i want to go completely different and go study film and television and make sure that we are in charge of telling our own stories and our own narratives so Mm -hmm. Taun, I appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. And best of luck to you in school. Please stay safe. And uh, we'll hopefully see you in person very soon.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Jerry. And thank you to all of our listeners who are tuning in.
0: Awesome. If you want to connect with town off the platform, off the podcast, all the links will be available for you in the show notes, in the newsletter, wherever you find this. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow for day 10.